Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Just like that, the final hour is here on this Thursday edition of Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network. Glad you're with us. If you're on YouTube, we hope you'll subscribe while you're there. You can search out Outkick if you haven't already. Subscribe, pound that like button, give us a thumbs up. Chad's in the chat. Any hate on our predictions in there? Uh, we got a couple of people hating your Jags prediction about a possible number one seed in the AFC. Look at their schedule. Other than that, no. A lot of love. It's all about love in our chat. Ryan Leaf will join us in 20 minutes. We'll preview college and NFL games with him. Big storylines there. Later, uh, we'll break down uh, in detail and give a reason why we're betting one way or the other with points bet on Chiefs and uh, Lions tonight as they kick off at Arrowhead. But, Chad, week one is upon us. It is time for one big thing on every NFL game. And let's start with tonight's matchup at Arrowhead, shall we? Keep this in mind going in. If you're making some bets, outkick.com slash bet. Last season in week one, 50% of the league scored 20 points or less. 20 or fewer points, offenses. 50% of the league, you said. 50% of the league. Average total points in games was 42 points total. 14 teams this season have a new starting quarterback for week one compared to the quarterback who started for them in week one a season ago. 14 teams. Eight teams are starting a quarterback on Sunday with less than 10 career starts. Could we go with the unders again? Again, just uh, just keep this in Take mind. Take the unders. Take the unders. Saying. That's what has traditionally worked. Lions and Chiefs. Lions known for offense. They're also known for giving up a ton of points a year ago. Kansas City led the NFL with 496 points scored a season ago. That was 19 points more than Philadelphia's 477. No Chris Jones. He awaits a new contract. With his absence, the Chiefs' high-quality pass rush, well, not high-quality. So what can Jared Goff do with that? He finished the season without throwing an interception of his, on, on his final 324 pass attempts, Chad. That was a span during a stretch where the Lions won eight of their final 10 games. The all-time record, by the way, 358 consecutive attempts without a pick set by Tom Brady back in 2011. Goff currently sits at 324. Mahomes, we don't know if he's going to have Kelsey or not. Kelsey needs two catches to surpass Shannon Sharp for fourth all-time among tight ends and receptions. I think he's going to try to play. Plus, he gets a roster bonus if he's on the 48-man active roster tonight. $44,000 is what he'll receive just by being active. Hutton, I can't wait for this one. That stat on Jared Goff and the attempts without an interception is exactly why I believe in the Lions. Because they don't need him to be terrific. They just need him to not lose the game for them. Kadarius Tony, Sky Moore, uh, Valdez Scantling, Richie James. Those are the receivers for Kansas City. The Lions gave up the second most receiving yards per game to opposing wide receivers last season. So even though you, 
it may not be a flashy group. Mahomes can make them look that like that. Uh, Panthers, they are on the road in Atlanta to take on the Falcons. Adam Thielen and DJ Chark, both on the injury report for Carolina as Bryce Young makes his first career start in his NFL debut on the road. In the last 20 years, there have been 14 quarterbacks drafted number one overall. They're 0-13-1 straight up and 1-13 against the spread in their first career start. Take Atlanta, go with the Falcons, go with Desmond Ritter over Bryce Young in this game. Can Arthur Smith get Tannehill production out of Desmond Ritter? If so, Atlanta's going to be in, in good shape. And by the way, Cordero Patterson, he's no longer listed as like a third string running back or a third string somewhere. He's a starter and he's listed with a J beside his position. He's the Joker. That is what they're referring to him as now. So he's in the starting lineup on the quote unquote unofficial depth chart. Can't wait to see what Arthur Smith does with him. Hutton, that stat you brought up now wants me, it's, it has me wanting to find the quarterback who tied. His first game. You said 0-13-1. David can look this up. I want to yeah. know who has Straight the tie up 13 in, and one. In, that, uh, in that deal. Um, I, there's a reason I picked the Falcons to win the division. They better start with a win over the rookie quarterback and making he, his first start. They better, yeah. Bengals on the road against the Cleveland Browns. Burrow is playing. Watson is talking with confidence. Plenty of wide receiver star power in this game. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Amari Cooper. And the Cleveland Browns, I mentioned this a bit with Armando, they have a strong enough roster to do everything possible to win the Super Bowl. Extremely talented. They also have an extremely low floor, depending on what happens with Deshaun Watson. And if we get the 2020 version, or if we get last season's version in a limited action, six or seven games to, to finish the season. The past two seasons, on the opposite side, at quarterback, Joe Burrow. He's the only quarterback to average more than nine yards per attempt against single high coverage. I bring this up. This is maybe in the weeds a bit. Single high coverage. The Browns have had success against him. They use more of the too high. And that has worked against Burrow. But Jim Schwartz is the new defensive coordinator in Cleveland. And guess what coverage he's known for using? single high coverage burrow should tear them apart if this stat lives up to what he's done over the first three years of his career jacksonville on the road in indy chad nearly took this as his lock of the week jags they're going up against anthony richardson who has 393 pass attempts total in college he's now the captain of the indianapolis colts offense that features a shaky offensive line in a backfield without jonathan taylor Jacksonville, extremely talented. They're looking to put it all together. Lawrence has plenty of options, including Calvin Ridley, who makes his Jacksonville debut after a four-year career in Atlanta, where in four years, he has 28 receiving touchdowns. Uh, Colts week one history, by the way, Chad. Tells us to fade them. Last 15 week one games, they are 1-13-1 against the spread. Well, going back to your rookie quarterback starting in his first game stat, uh, another reason for me to like the Jags in this game with Anthony Richardson yes. making his first ever start. Bucks and Vikings for Tampa. Uh, Baker Mayfield steps in as the Brady replacement. A chance to revitalize his career, jumpstart what could be a 
a, a two, three-year contract. He's under a one-year deal right now in Tampa. And he's got a new offensive coordinator. Dave Canales is his OC. Why does that matter? He was the quarterback's coach in Seattle last year when Geno Smith revitalized his career. Now he's coaching Baker Mayfield. In Minnesota, offense is, is not the issue. It's been their defense. They've hired Brian Flores. And Flores is known for being super aggressive. They're going to bring it on Mayfield. Will that help a Vikings defense that needed an overhaul at that play-calling position? No Dalvin Cook from Minnesota. They've opted to roll with Alexander Madison, who's been the Cook backup for most of the time. Titans on the road taking on the Saints. Quarterbacks uh, that the Saints are scheduled to face here. If you're wanting to look at a team that has a chance to get red hot out of the gate, New Orleans. Here are the quarterbacks in the first six games for New Orleans that the defense goes against. Ryan Tannehill, Bryce Young, Jordan Love, Baker Mayfield, Mac Jones, and C.J. Stroud. Wow. That's not exactly murderer's row. No, it's not. Uh, the Titans, they have combined to score 49 points total. Ryan Tannehill might be the best quarterback they face, by the way, it in could the first be. six games. 49 points total for the Titans in their last three week one games combined. They start slow. Derrick Henry does too. 38 carries, 140 yards in the last two week ones. He produces over the course of a season. Recently, they haven't produced in week one. They're looking to muddy the waters a bit at the line of scrimmage. Chad, 49ers and Steelers. Brock Purdy faces one of the toughest defenses that he's faced in the NFL to this point of his young career. TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith, uh, Cam Hayward, Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, Levi Wallace, Fitzpatrick is one of the more undervalued players in, in the league. Tied for the league lead in interceptions a year ago from the safety position. And here's Kenny Pickett, the young offense, an encouraging preseason. They actually scored touchdowns, including outside of the red zone. They only had two touchdowns outside of the red zone a year ago. And they lived up to the hype in the preseason. Uh, per the Action Network, Cleveland... Um, going in, in the first, or excuse me, I'm, I'm looking at the wrong one. The Steelers, they have a top 10 defense in place, and if preseason momentum continues, there's a chance that Tomlin's winning streak uh, continues. Cardinals and Commanders, Josh Dobbs is making his third career start, and he does it having been traded to Arizona on August the 24th. Uh, meanwhile, Sam Howell and Eric Bieniemy make their debut in big-time roles for Washington. How one of those new starters in week one for his franchise in Washington. Texans and Does Ravens. Does new owner Josh Harris Hutton consider just pulling the plug on Ron Rivera if they lose this first game? <laughs> Who's already I, been talking about, hey, you got to win on the field. He said, hey, this Ron. This would be a tough start. He met with Ron, and he's, he said, like, hey, he's a great guy. I, I like what the front office is what we're, we're building. It's about wins. It's about results. And just, just keep in mind, Eric Bieniemy. he is waiting in the wings there as an interim coach if things go south the first couple months of the season. Uh, I hope not, because I thought Rivera did a really nice job hanging tough with some awful conditions with ownership, front office, distractions, everything else, injuries, everything. Uh, Rivera's definitely on the hot seat, though, with the new owner. I mean, uh, that mostly and, as a joke, and, and, but it would be a bad well, start. I don't think they would fire him now, no. but I mean, that would be the discussion. Yeah. You would have the uh, 
Commanders fans would sound like LSU fans. Yeah, it would be, boy, what a tough audition for the new boss in yes. game one. Are the Ravens a Super Bowl contender? I think they are. They it, it, it comes down to the relationship between Lamar Jackson and his new play caller uh, and what we expect can happen whenever they're actually going to throw the football. Greg Roman is out. Todd Bunkin is in. Former Georgia offensive coordinator. Ro Greg Roman, known for being very creative in the run game. And here is Todd Munkin, known for spreading the ball and spreading the field. And unlike last year, they've revamped the wide receiving core. However, Odell Beckham Jr. is on the injury report as of today. The Texans have upgraded their offensive line, uh, but they have two starters that are suffering injuries currently. And they're a young team with a tough road opener on the road in uh, in Baltimore. I think they're a team that improves as the year progresses. They're better than their record a year ago, better than what their record may end with. But this is a no-win situation for D'Amico Ryans in his first career NFL game as a head coach. You just mentioned the Cardinals, that quarterback to start week one as a rookie and tie, Kyler Murray, 2019, versus the Detroit Lions, 27 all, tie. Thanks to Davey Hudson for that little factoid. There's your quarterback. Packers and Bears, Jordan Love makes his second career start as he begins his fourth season. He's appeared in 10 games, three touchdowns, three interceptions. The Packers open the year. They've got a manageable four games to begin. Uh, and if they struggle through this stretch, it's going to be a long season. At Chicago, at Atlanta, home against the Saints, and then Thursday night football against Detroit. They need a couple of wins. They need to be two and two. After this stretch, that means Jordan Love's on the right path. Depth is an issue right now at wide receiver. Christian Watson hasn't practiced the last two days. He's likely questionable going into this game. I'd say it's a definite there. Uh, undisclosed injury, did not practice. Romeo Dobbs returned to practice on a limited basis. Romeo Dobbs listed officially with a hamstring uh, on today's injury report for Green Bay. Jaden Reed is a second-round pick. Uh, out of Michigan State. He's the third wide receiver listed on their depth chart. Raiders and Broncos, Sean Payton makes his debut as the fixer. He's there to take care of Russell Wilson. Max Crosby, Chandler Jones, they're supposed to be one of the best pass rushing duos in the NFL. Who knows if Chandler Jones is going to be available in mile high as the Raiders travel on Saturday for Sunday's matchup. There's a remodeled offensive line in Denver. They will be tested early in this game. They want less quick throws, more of a run game emphasis, more downfield passing from Russell Wilson, over the middle passing from Russell Wilson. Can they have time to do that? He was sacked 55 times a year ago. That's a career high for him hitting the turf. Eagles and Patriots is interesting. Philadelphia, after losing the Super Bowl, they have new play callers on both sides of the football. And there's a new play caller for Mac Jones as well and Bill O'Brien. A chance to start fast yet again for Philadelphia, Chad. At New England, they have Minnesota, Tampa Bay, and Washington in their first four. Of course, they were the last unbeaten team a, a year ago. They've turned over a handful of players on defense. Five new starters. Javon Hargrave's out. He's now in San Francisco. Hargrave's production replaced, though, by Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis. Dolphins and Chargers, Armando crushed it with this. Same expectations. Is it going to be Herbert or Tua? It may come down to which defense steps up. And can, can the Chargers stop the run? Miami's going to try to run it all over them. 
Rams and Seahawks. I'm a big believer in Seattle and Geno Smith. I think the Rams have a chance to be on pace with the Cardinals for the NFL's worst team. Eight of the Rams' 11 projected starting defensive players are either undrafted rookies or they were taken in the sixth round or later in the NFL draft. Eight of the 11. It's going to be a rough year in Los Angeles. Cowboys and Giants on Sunday Night Football. The G-Men featured in primetime in three of the first four weeks of the season. The Cowboys, 12-5 and five each of the last two seasons. I don't think Dak Prescott is throwing 15 picks again this year, much less. Bills and Jets on Monday night. The Jets all in for the Super Bowl. The Bills believe they're the, the AFC East team to beat. I think they are. The Jets opening schedule, brutal. Bills, Cowboys, Patriots, Chiefs. First four games for Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets. And Sean McDermott takes over. He's head coach. He's also taking over for Leslie Frazier, calling defensive plays yet again. You did it, Hutton. Good job. Ryan favorite segments is next. He previews NFL and college football. It's a big weekend. We chat about it next. One of my favorite guests. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Glad you're with us. Six of the Peabody location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network. Pleased to be joined by Ryan Leaf, who joins us weekly to break down all things football. College, NFL, games he was present for, which is Clemson Duke. We'll get to that in a moment. Games he we're looking forward to this weekend. He's headed to uh, Oklahoma to see Oklahoma SMU. Uh, Ryan, good to see you, man. Hope things are well. Thanks. Good to see you guys too. Yeah, what a what a way to kick it all off, huh? And then we get to get to do it tonight for real with the NFL. So that's that's pretty fun too. Uh, I move into this East Coast thing though. <laughs> I, I forgot about it last year. That it starts at like eight thirty. Yeah. And like I go to bed at like eight thirty. This is not <laughs> this is not LA living anymore for me. Ryan's uh, very busy with the schedule, including uh, the the Straight Line podcast, uh, which we highly recommend. Good Morning Football as well on Thursdays. Hey, so. Mahomes without Kelsey. Explain for us how Detroit can defend the offense a bit different, in a different way compared to what Mahomes might be able to do with Kelsey and just the presence if he's active. Have we been, have we been told whether he's, he's out or not? No, it's still questionable, about right? About an hour and a half or so until he'll go out for early warm-ups. Yeah, I, I think he's going to be fine. It's a hyperextended knee. I've done that a few times. I did it in a game, actually. Came back in, played the rest of the game. It swelled up pretty good. It's a soft tissue injury. fact that they have 10 days uh, to go before the next game, I think mm -hmm. that's a big part of it. He's going to go out, and I think he's going to be able to be uh, instrumental, um, especially early. I think this is a shootout. I think both defenses are going to uh, struggle. Detroit's defense may be even a little bit better, to be honest with you. I think Aiden Hutchinson's, you know, in his second year is going to start looking very much like some of these 
uh, great edge rushers that have come out of the Big Ten in the last few years. You know, Nick Bosa, of which who got paid like it uh, yesterday. So I, I think everything's going to be, you know, straightforward. I think this game's going to be close. Uh, I think it's going to be tight. And I think ultimately at home and, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid at the end of the game, find a way to get into field goal range and win it with a field goal. That's the way I see it probably breaking down. So Kelsey may play. Chris Jones will not. He's in the contract talks with, with Kansas yeah. City that have not gone well. How does that impact what can, what KC does up front? And Detroit has a very good offensive line. How do they take advantage of that matchup now? Oh, that's the biggest part in all this is their ability. They're road graders up there. Panay Sewell leads this group. They remember they made the choice to to um, the the Bengals made the choice to go with Jamar Chase and which right. landed Panay Sewell into Detroit a couple of years ago, and it's going to pay dividends. They thought they could do better at running back. I mean, they got rid of two guys. One who which broke Barry Sanders' rushing record and Jamal Williams, and they go out and get you know David Montgomery and then draft a rookie running back in the first round and Jameer Gibbs. So they feel like they can run the football, and I would expect Jared Goff to run it uh, and then use some play action pass to to find Amon Ross St. Brown down the middle there. That's going to be a big part of what their game is. Um, so that's what I expect it to be. Uh, they're going to run the they're going to run the football tonight, plain and simple. No Frank Clark, no Chris Jones. Uh, the secondary is is not great, hasn't been. So Steve Spagnola has, you know, his work cut out for him. And I bet you while he's putting the game plan together, looking at what they're about to go up against with Ben Johnson's offense, he's looking over at at Andy Reid while they're preparing for him, going, you know, what what's Veach doing, man? We got to we got to get him. And this, you know, the Bosa deal may may accelerate that to get the big man back in the middle here sooner rather than later. Final thoughts on this matchup, and, and just from the perception, I, I'm reminded of the Cleveland Browns a couple of years back that went on the road in this game uh, and played at Arrowhead. It was a four-point game, but it really wasn't that close. There was a lot of hype around the Browns. Chiefs had just won a Super Bowl then. Now it's the Lions. Do you think the Lions are ready for this moment, or do you think it's more uh, they're good, not great? I think they're good, but not great. I think that's a good way to put it. I mean, when the Browns went and played there, if it weren't for a fumble into the end zone and then a brand new head coach, really, yeah, thinking he was going to get the ball back by punting it to Mahomes, that could have ended differently. That was a like a Baker Mayfield moment that I think Kevin Stefanski kind of let him down in, and he took a lot of the blame for it. Um, yeah, I think teams, though difficult to play there, I don't think the the aura is quite the same as it used to be in terms of because all stadiums can be loud. What we do know is the fact that they home, they host AFC championships there for the yeah. last five years. And they've been to three of the, they've been to, you know, three of those Super Bowls. So that's, that's a big part in all this. And that place is a difficult place to, to win in. Um, you know, Jared Goff, I, I think he'll be fine. Uh, I think it's just a matter of whether or not the defense can hold up for Detroit. That was their Achilles heel a year ago. They got better down the stretch. Last time we saw both these teams, they were dominating. One was going uh, to win the Super Bowl. The other one kept a legend and Aaron Rodgers out of the playoffs when they really didn't have any reason to play in that game. And Dan Campbell got them to. And so they were very good. Both these quarterbacks carved up the NFL, carved up the NFL last year. They carved up each other's defenses last time they played each other in that magnificent Monday night matchup in Los Angeles a few years back. So I expect something like that. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's I think the the Lions cover, they're plus five. Um, I think a field goal ultimately wins this. Ryan, you were on the call for Duke's upset win over Clemson. After the game, Dabo Sweeney said it's the weirdest game he's ever coached. 
And while there were some fluky elements to the turnovers inside the 20-yard line, it didn't seem that way watching the game. It felt like Duke was the better team and physically looked equal to Clemson in that game. Did you get the same sense as you called that game watching those two teams? Yeah, I did. I thought they I thought they played better. I was my only fear was and it, we saw it kind of come to fruition in the first half for Duke was that they weren't going to be able to punch it into the end zone, therefore settle for field goals and you can't do that and beat Clemson. Sure enough, after a muff punt, they get in the end zone. They're ahead 7 to 6 and I'm just like, you know, that might be the end of it. You know, I don't know if this offense could do anything, but Mike Elko walked in and talked to coach Johns and said, "Hey, do what we do. You don't have to reinvent ourselves." right now what we do well is we run the football and riley's the tip of the spear there and that's what they did they ran for like 185 yards and punished that clemson defense in the second half and they weathered the storm on the defensive side when clemson started to gash them with will shipley and i think what dabble i think what he wanted to say was and he couldn't do it he's like it's weird it's weird that duke made all the plays you know and we didn't like when we had the opportunity to duke made them i think that was weird is what his point was weirdest game i was a part of is Duke beating us. That's the weirdest thing he's trying to think of because he's never had that happen to him before. So um, special night. That's a special team. You know, I told you guys I have three weeks ago, I got a chance to spend, you know, about three days with this team. Every day I sat down at lunch and had lunch with Riley Leonard. And, you know, Mike Elko's a special coach. He just is. He's got these guys believing. Where every other great player around the country that was at maybe a mid type of school in the eyes of a lot of people, and Duke was certainly that as a football school, they left. They went and found something else. They went and looked for a Florida State or an Alabama or or a Colorado. They did not stay home. Duke did. 19 starters returned. Riley Leonard's a special young player. That defense might be the most disciplined defense I've seen because they weren't overly athletic. What they were was in exactly the right spot all night long. And they were a bend but don't break. And then they made some huge plays inside the red zone that just kept um, Clemson at bay. And it's one of the best performances I've seen because I don't think a lot of people thought they'd be able to get up for that game uh, because it was going to be such a new experience. I mean, we were looking around and Coach Elko looks up at it and he's been experienced that the kids had never seen a Goodyear blimp over the top of that Duke stadium. And there it was, there it was flying right above it. And uh, you know, you made it when you're, you're playing under a Goodyear blimp. They were even out of class uh, on a rare a rare labor day. Yeah, you first time. That up last I don't know week. how long they yeah. gave them the day off. The school I, kids and they showed up. Everybody showed up. It yeah. was it was a great yeah. atmosphere. I was shocked when you said that. I, I'd never heard that Duke <laughs> went to class on Labor Day when you told us that last week, Ryan. I'm watching the game on Labor Day night too, and it's very different when you see a Power Five school where the end zone looks like the old high school feel to it. Yes, where there's nothing in the end zone and you could just see the lights on the practice field behind it. It was very high school setup there for Duke. But their game that they played against Clemson was not high school at all. You talked about Riley Leonard. He made a lot of plays in that game. If you look at Clemson's offense since Trevor Lawrence, it hasn't been for a lack of big-time talent at quarterback. DJ Ungalale, five-star guy. Cade Klubnick, five-star guy, second-rated quarterback in America. And I thought he just looked confused in that game on Monday night at times with where he was throwing the ball Ryan, what did you see from the Clemson quarterback? Um, I saw a guy making his first regular season start. That's what I saw. I don't, you know, I don't care how great you are. If you don't have any experience and you're going up against a Mike Elko schemed defense, and that's the 
that's the God honest truth, everybody. Every coach I talk to in the country raves about Mike Elko and how difficult it is to play against his defense, how disciplined, how good they are. So that's really his first start in the regular season was up against a guy like that. A lot of expectations. There were some throws he made that I was like, wow, that arm talent is special. He's going to be fine. It For me, it's just, it seems like, and I love Dabo Sweeney. Uh, you know, I, I think he's an unbelievable man. I think he's an unbelievable teacher of 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 young kids and 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 helping them along. Um, you know, especially around his faith and all of that. Being a football coach, I just believe he kind of sits in a way where this way worked. It's been really good for us, and I will continue to make it work. And you bring in Garrett Riley. If you're going to bring in a guy outside your program for the first time ever. Give him the reins. And he even said it after the game. He said, this is not Garrett Riley's offense. This is the Clemson offense. He came in to orchestrate the Clemson offense. And unfortunately, the Clemson offense hasn't really worked since Trevor Lawrence left. And even then, at the end of Trevor's tenure, you know, they weren't winning national championships like they were that that first year. And it's been difficult. It's been difficult for him. And there may have to be some, you know, come to Jesus conversations had. When When is it? come to the point where the athletic director walks into his office and says, Hey, you're not going anywhere. You're going to be here forever, but there has to be some evolution to what we do. And a big part of that clearly is the transfer portal, something that he's been unwilling to uh, entertain himself with because what they've had two transfers, I think total. So ever since the portal became an actual uh, real thing. And that's this day and age, that's just not the way it works. Ryan Leaf is the host of the Straight Line Podcast. Uh, you can catch him on Good Morning Football. Catch him on the call for Oklahoma and SMU this weekend. Um, I don't know the motives here, and, and I won't speculate because, again, it would just be that. But, Ryan, what do you make of Caleb Williams for now the second consecutive week putting out there that I may just stay back in college for another year? He's already talking about next year. If the team that's drafting number one or number two isn't who he wants it to be, and he can't dictate where he's going. His father's even saying that now, too, in interviews. What's your reaction to it being a Heisman finalist and being the number two overall pick in an NFL draft? Well, we, uh, you know, we had we played a little manipulation game, too, during my day. Um, we didn't really want to go to Indy. If this we early? Draft- Did you do it this early? No. I mean, going <laughs> in my, my, my junior year, my junior year, no one knew who the hell I was. So, I mean, if you have the leverage... Like if you have the leverage like Caleb Williams certainly seems to have and you don't want to go play for the Arizona Cardinals because, frankly, they seem like the most dysfunctional organization out there right about now. Agreed. Then by all means, by all means, utilize that leverage. You'll never have it again. I talk about with you guys all the time, you don't get to decide where you go. The worst teams draft at the top. They don't set you up for success. It actually sets you up for failure. That's why we probably see more and more guys miss and they blame it on this, that, and the other. And the kid has to wear the anchor most of the time. So if I could go back and do it again, what I would have done knowing that I was going to be the first or second pick in the NFL draft is I would have said, I'm not going anywhere, but the Pittsburgh Steelers. So you either figure it out how you trade or how you work, but I'm going to the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's an organization that has uh, uh, systemic um, uh, solidarity has won championships. That's who I want to play for. And if I can't, I'll go back to college. I would have even—I would have loved to have been able to do that at the time. Um, I just didn't understand the leverage that we had. And Caleb Williams will have a lot of it. 
he will have a very uh, large uh, amount of it to go into that conversation. And if he doesn't want to go to Arizona, he can threaten to go back to college. That's a big part of it. Um, I mean, somewhere in $70 million of what that five-year contract will look like. And if he guar doesn't fully guaranteed too. Yeah, fully guaranteed. So I'm, you know, he can say, you know, I can stay in college one more year and make $5 million in NIL, but I mean, let, let's, let's, and no, let's be real here. That's that's a lot of money. It'd probably be there the next year. He could always put him in a cell, put him in a position to get hurt. I understand that all, but I'm okay with this. Um, if people aren't, then you know, get over it. If you're a Cardinals fan or somebody's gonna be drafted in the first couple picks and your guy doesn't want to go there, there's a reason why your guy doesn't want to go there because you're not any good. You know, you you you've really uh, you give your general manager and a head coach big time extension and fire them both the next year. You draft a first round quarterback in Josh Rosen and you just bail on him. You have Steve Wilkes for one year and you bail. I, it's it's been horrendous. And poor Jonathan Gannon just absolutely oh. he's just absorbed something crazy. So yeah, um, if I'm his dad, that's protecting him. You know, Archie Manning called my father and asked about the Chargers and. Uh, you know, there's nothing much my dad could say, but hey, you know, when things got bad, they didn't have Ryan's back. They just didn't. Now, that's not saying that my behavior could have been better and I could have done things differently that made it easier for the Chargers. We're not taking any ownership away from that. But, you know, Archie and Eli and the Manning family had enough, you know, whatever you want to call it, to to utilize that leverage and say, we're not going to play in San Diego. You need to trade us away, whatever that looks like. And sure enough, they drafted him and traded him away for Philip Rivers to go to the New York Giants. And that 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 history has been written two Super Bowl championships. And so uh, in this day and age, with the amount of money these guys are making, especially those rookies and how much they can define and change a, a franchise. Yeah, I would dictate where I want to go and we'll see how that plays out. Check out the Straight Line podcast. Ryan Leaf is the host uh, on multiple platforms. You can find him in, of course, college football and NFL games coming up as well. Ryan, this is always great, man. We love these visits. Can't wait for next week. Awesome, fellas. Good to see you. You have a great weekend. Enjoy the, the start of the NFL season. It's going to be a lot of fun. Thanks, wait, Ryan. Man. You do the same. Thanks. I, I, I hope the game is as good as he's predicting between KC uh, and Detroit. We'll, we'll give our picks for that game coming up here on Hot Mike. Our right, thanks to Ryan Leaf. Great insight there. Uh, joining us here on Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow. The great answer on Caleb well, Williams and his leverage and using it while I, you have it. You know, I said, because he said that, you know, they tried to play their cards too at the time. I just don't. Why is it necessary to make it public right now before the season and before the team you expect to have the number one pick is even kicked off? I mean, the Cardinals had barely traded for Joshua Dobbs. Yeah, they're already tanking. It's not, like, it's not like releasing that be, statement is going to reverse course. But there will be other awful anymore. teams, too, yeah. that are competing for that. There will be two or three win teams that are gunning for the number one overall pick. Um, what, if, what if Drake May and others did the same thing, start doing the same thing? 
that's another facet or another outlet of name image likeness if the money gets to a certain point but then again if you're the number one pick number two pick and you're playing that position ryan mentioned it you're getting 75 million guaranteed and it's only going up every year in a slotted pay scale over five years i mean in, in rookie contracts in the first round are fully guaranteed not I as just, big as they I, used I, to be but look he has the right to do that I don't love – I don't like that there's a situation where one of the 32 teams or two of them is seen as such a bad organization when you're looking well, at never the multi-billion dollar enterprise. But, yeah. But the fact they're saying that, I just – I hate that part of it. When his dad said publicly – I just think being the number one overall pick in the NFL draft as a quarterback should be of such value that you don't care who drafts you because every NFL team is at least – competently run as an organization. And that's just not the case. So uh, he's telling uh, GQ, uh, Caleb's father is, is Carl Williams. And the GQ did a, a profile on Caleb. Uh, the funky thing about the NFL draft process, he'd almost be better off not being drafted than being drafted first. The system is completely backwards. The way the system is constructed, you go to the worst possible situation, the worst possible team, the worst organizational league, because of their desire for parity, they get the first pick. So it's a gift and a curse. And, of course, this piece through uh, Fox Sports, and rightfully so, is mentioning the Arizona Cardinals. Certainly cursed uh, when it comes to this. The truth is, he can come back to school. That's the quote from Carl Williams, Caleb Williams' father. I would also just point to Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars. And maybe the best example, Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. Remember all the discussion of if Burrow would try to dictate where he's going, does he really want to play back in Ohio where he's from? But he's an Athens, Ohio boy, so he decided to play for the hometown team. But, a, but an organization that had been awful at that position. You know, Carson Palmer uh, did everything he could and still couldn't win and ended up getting traded. Hutton, we have breaking news. This from our friend Jordan Schultz. Okay. Breaking. Travis Kelsey out for tonight's season opener versus the Lions per sources. I'm told the Chiefs all-pro tight end made a strong push to play after this morning's workout, but the team did not want to risk anything with a full season of games ahead. That affects how you may bet this game. Outkick.com slash bet is where you can go right now to check out great offers, including with points bet. If you haven't taken a shot with points bet, now's the perfect moment. Here's the big reason why. Exclusively for the first time, points bet users, you can grab this unique offer Place an initial bet of $50 or more on any game. Maybe you want to do it right now uh, with Detroit getting four and a half points. Kelsey's not playing in this, according to Jordan Schultz. If you place that initial bet of $50 or more, you receive an official jersey from Fanatics.com. If it, it, jersey, uniform's not your thing, opt for $150 bucks in credit to Fanatics and load up on the gear that you truly want. Remember, terms and conditions apply. You've got to be 21 or older in legal gambling states. Call 1-800-GAMBLER uh, if you have a gambling, gambling problem. And if you're ready to just uh, get in the game, head over to outkick.com slash bet. Right now, you can snag this offer, plus discover more incredible deals from our partner sportsbook. Outkick.com slash bet is where you go. Chad, how would you bet this game? How will we bet this game? I really game? am back and forth on it, Hutton. And it feels like, man, I, I love this Lions team. I'm picking them to win the NFC North. They're down Travis Kelsey for the Chiefs. They're down Chris Jones. I, I just it, there's something pulling me saying it's a sucker's bet 
to think the Lions are going to get this done. I think the Chiefs win by a touchdown. I'm taking the Chiefs minus the four and a half. That line pushed down by about a full point from five and a half, I think, to four and a half. Give me the Chiefs to cover that arrowhead tonight. If you're betting this and you're betting on the line. I like your under point earlier about week one games, though. Too. Yeah, but I, I, what, quickly, if you can, look up the over-under for this. Okay. Um, because I think this game has a lot of points. Kansas City's defense without Chris Jones. Detroit's defense known for giving up a boatload of points. And again, it's Mahomes and it's it's week one. They've had time to prepare just like teams have had time to prepare for uh, bad teams, I'm saying, uh, have time to prepare for for good teams that we have going into the season. We'll see upsets. Um, if, but if you're betting Detroit, you're primarily betting on Detroit's ability to take advantage of those key matchups. The running backs, strong matchups in this game without Chris Jones available. Uh, and, and running backs also strong in the passing game. Jameer Gibbs, uh, strong in the passing game tonight for, for the Lions. And then you have St. Brown, who, based on the way Kansas City has been defending the slot, he should flourish tonight. That's why you would bet Detroit. I'm with you, though, Chad. I'm not betting against Mahomes until I have a, a great reason to do so, and playing the Detroit Lions isn't that in the opening week of the season. Um, I would... I would lay the points on this too. I'm taking Kansas City to cover four and a half. And I know I'm over I, under, I'm, by the way, is 53. Okay. So the 53, I may go, I'm betting the under on that. I bet it's right there. I'm, I'm betting the under on the 53. But that's just week one and knowing the history. 50% of the teams, half of the league offensively a year ago in week one. Scored 20 points or less. Detroit and Kansas City, not known for scoring, you know, in, in small margins. Normally, they're they're the ones racking up the points on the scoreboard, though. So I, I want to know about Jared Goff and the, a little moxie tonight. Yeah, going back to the Caleb Williams discussion with Eli Manning and how he pulled it off. Why did the Giants have a, such a high pick that year? Did they suck the year before? Uh, do they have an injury? What was it? I don't know exactly what happened. My, my, my point is, like, do you wait? If you're Caleb Williams and you're trying to manipulate this thing to get on the team well, that you want, well, do you just hope that a good franchise is a bad year for some reason? Maybe, or like just, when Andrew, you know, when Peyton Manning went to the Colts, the Colts were very much seen as a bad organization. Yeah, and then luck. And they, then they lucked. Peyton Manning has a neck procedure and is out for the year, and Dan Orlovsky's running out of the back of the end zone Yeah, in that season. And then so now Andrew Luck is there, and suddenly the Colts are a great organization because of Peyton Manning. But yet they have the number one overall pick because of circumstances around it. I just I don't know how you align yourself to say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold out. I don't want to go to this team that picks first or this team that picks second, but this team that picks third is where I want to go. Because that was the situation. The Giants were four and twelve the year before Eli went there. I believe that year it was it was Chargers one, Giants three, overall in the draft, and it was the Philip Rivers, swap. Eli Manning swap. And yeah, I mean they dictated where they went for sure. Um, four and twelve, one game worse than the Washington Redskins. But my point is, if you're trying to angle for a certain team, that team is in that spot for a reason too. 
It's not like you're guaranteeing success based on the franchise you go to. Those teams are going to suck every now and again also. Right. So they're they're picking well, high for a reason too. Are you trying to angle it where you get drafted in the 20s and go no, to a good I, team? No, I, I think he's just – I think they have one or two franchises in mind that they don't want to play for. Arizona's probably Arizona's one Arizona's definitely one. Um, and if you start looking around at who should be really bad, I mean, again, I, I think L.A. could be bad. They've traded all their picks though, right? Like the F them picks is what they said. Uh, Rams are going to be awful on defense. Uh, they're the worst on paper right now. Eight of their 11 starters were either undrafted or they were drafted sixth round or, or later. Um, but, I mean, he's, he's putting it out there, but he's not actually saying he's strongly considering. He's just like, hey, it could happen. You know, I'm thinking about it. That tells me the agents in the back channeling going on after the season will be what it is um, before he actually has to declare for the draft. And he did say that he's, he's more concerned with winning back-to-back Heismans than he is. That, that would, that's more impactful to him than being number one overall. So he clearly doesn't want a, a team to have the number one pick. Yeah, and Arizona. It, that, that's what should be more important. That's what's in front of him right now. That's what he can control. Or, or if you're Caleb Williams, can't you just dictate who the coach is going to be? If you don't want and pair well, yourself, we talked about, I don't think it's as much about organization. It is coach. We talked about the Magic Johnson, the uh, the start of the coach killer player in the NBA back yeah. in the early '80s, just getting rid of Paul Westhead. That would be pretty crazy to see a guy say, "I want to play for this coach," or "I think you should hire this guy to be my offensive coordinator." Even, even if it's not the head coach, is he good enough to dictate that? Depends on the organization and how strong they are. If it's an organization that doesn't have their roots grounded in something, they probably could be convinced to just hire whoever the first pick wants. Potentially. And again, you conversations, they're already discussing it. You know conversations could be had by the time December gets here. Uh, Chad, tonight, Chiefs, Lions, just a note here on Mahomes. 5-0 and in openers, and he's unbeaten because he's averaged 310 passing yards in these games, 18 touchdowns, no interceptions. Patrick Mahomes, week one. He's ready to go. It's a long offseason for Patrick Mahomes, and he is ready and raring to get out there and make something happen. I just I cannot pick against the Chiefs at home on a night where they're you know honoring their Super Bowl win, even with those two guys out, with Kelsey and Chris Jones both out. I think Mahomes will get it done and win by about a touch. It'll, it'll be close. But it'll be right around that four-and-a-half-point line. I think they win by a touchdown. Chet, uh, you were going through your college football games uh, earlier today. Uh, tomorrow, you'll let us know the games we must watch. There are plenty of them. Uh, and you weren't lying when you said week two is stacked. Uh, with How many games did you go Can through? Can I quickly considering? give you the games that I just did not make the that, cut? I'm glad you would. Yeah, because you is won't a good miss il- them I don't want to spoil the list, but an illustration of games that got cut based on the top ten games this week. All of these games, by the way, probably would have been around five to seven last week. Last week in the rankings, Illinois at Kansas on Friday night. Kansas a three-point favorite. Their quarterback's back for Kansas. Vandy at Wake Forest at 10 a.m. Central Time kickoff. By That's the way, odd. a little bit odd. Purdue at Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech minus three. Uh, Oklahoma State at Arizona State. Another one, that is a three-point spread. Cowboys favored by a field goal in that one. There will be a loss in the Pac-12 this week, by the way, guaranteed, yeah. because USC and Stanford are the first conference matchup. But I, the, the, those, those games are cut. 
So I did not pick any of those games. So I have tomorrow with my college football top 10. 10 games I feel are better than those. Is this a – you mentioned Vandy. I'm intrigued by that. Are you gauging where they are on this? Well, I'm gauging that both teams are undefeated. You know, Vandy's right. 2-0 and right now. And I, I think it is – for Vandy, it's a big game to see if they're going to, you know, get to five or six wins, and right? Claus, and, and then It'd be Dave huge. Clawson is talking about, you know, tampering with rosters. And yeah, and Dave Clawson's trying to adjust to, to a world where Sam Hartman just has to leave for the money. But he was, he was also saying about the guys who chose to stay with him yeah. this year. Uh, if, you're, if you're pointing that out, the guys that stay with you need, but again, need to win this game. None of those games in my top ten. So it's a better week in week two. I want everyone to rest assured week two is a better schedule in college football. Tomorrow, uh, Chad and I will disagree on Texas and Alabama. I have a feeling. He's roll tied. And I feel like the Longhorns are ready for this matchup. I do. I think Texas when is yours gonna, is we're gonna go he's to ready. www.istexasbackyet.com <laughs> late Saturday night. And just on the it's just gonna say no. It's gonna have two letters on it. <laughs> or maybe four letters. Nope. Not back. R MFT is what it's going to say. On, Good on that website. I, I think that, not not just two letters. I think we could see a destruction Four. on Saturday night. I really do. <laughs> I feel pretty strong about it. I may bet pretty strong. Hey, though. the NFL is back. Enjoy the kickoff tonight. Join us tomorrow. We'll be recapping all the top headlines in the league. Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow, three to six p.m. Eastern on Outkick.